0: You are listening to Aftersight. This recording is intended solely for individuals who are blind or have low vision. Thank you for joining us for the month of February 2023 reading of the Primetime News. I'm your podcast host, Philip Nielsen. Ramblings of a Rambler by Bill Watson. Hi, Primetimers. Happy February. We have a few things to celebrate this month. It's National Heart Month. Black History Month, and Valentine's Day, to name a few. And let's add Super Bowl Sunday to the list. Take care of your heart, learn to respect black history, and enjoy time with the apple of your eye. Man, it's cold outside. As I type this column, the temp is hovering around negative 7 degrees. Be mindful of the temperatures and take care of your pets. We have a few articles in this month's edition on how to protect yourself and your pets. Deb and I joined our sons and their families on a trip to Florida. We hit the Orlando area and the many amusement parks in the area. Since two of our sons live in other states, it's always a special time when we can all get together. It was also great to spend some time with our brothers, Rex and Brent, who reside in Florida. A lot of fun experiences, rides, laughs, and treasured memories. A big thank you and much appreciation to our advertisers, contributors, readers and distributors for all your support. We couldn't do it without you. Home away from home. The Cheyenne VA Regional Medical Center now offers a program called Home Away From Home, lodging for veterans who travel long distance for medical treatment. Veterans who have outpatient, tests, procedures or surgeries and live too far to commute may request free lodging. For more information, day phone 307-633-7061 or night phone 307-633-7212. This information is shared with you by qualified listeners, a Colorado-based veteran and family resource hub at www.qualified.com. L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-S dot O-R-G. Save the date veteran event. Qualified listeners, a Colorado-based veteran and family resource hub, will be hosting the fourth annual Vet Connect regional event on Saturday, April 8, 2023, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Embassy Suites, 4705 Clydesdale Parkway, Loveland, Colorado. This free opportunity for veterans to connect with other veterans for camaraderie and fellowship in a comfortable environment. It's also a chance to learn what resources are available to them. There will be no speakers, nothing to sign up for, nothing to purchase. Refreshments will be served. Family members and active military are encouraged to attend. For more information, call 720-600-0860 or email... R-E-S-O-U-R-C-E at Q-U-A-L-I-F-I-E-D-L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-S dot O-R-G. Adams County launches first health department. The Adams County Health Department, A-C-H-D, is proud to announce the official launch of the county's first ever health department. This new department is responsible for promoting and protecting the health of all residents in Adams County through a variety of programs and services, and believes the successful pursuit of public health requires an understanding of community and a shared future. Building a health department from the ground up is a monumental task, but with the dedication and hard work of our team, we were able to accomplish it in just nine months, said County Manager Noel Bernal. It required dedicated planning, strong leadership, and a relentless focus on one collective goal. Onboarding nearly 200 employees, launching five locations, and investing in this new department through a $27 million budget. This Herculean undertaking is a testament to our commitment and to providing quality public health services for our community. ACHD will focus on a wide range of public health issues, including social determinants of health, disease prevention and control, maternal and child health, mental and behavioral health, food access, and environmental health. The department will also work closely with community partners to address specific health concerns and improve overall health outcomes for residents. The ACHD will also provide a variety of clinical services, either at low or no cost to community, including but not limited to immunizations, chronic disease prevention, women, infant, and children, WIC, and enrollment providing free food to women and their children, free food to women and their children who may not be able to afford groceries, nursing home visits for families, and increased testing availability for HIV and hepatitis C. In addition, sexual health services, such as family planning and sexually transmitted infections, STI treatment, and testing services will also be available. Investing in public health is not just a moral imperative, it is an investment in the future of our society. Seniors playing softball. Colorado senior softball readies for 2023 season. The Colorado Senior Softball Association, CSSA, Board of Directors is preparing for the 2023 senior softball season. Tentative plans call for regularly scheduled games to start in late April or early May. CSSA is a nonprofit organization that organizes and manages a softball league as a means for recreation and exercise for senior citizens 50 years of age and above. The league is managed by a board of directors made up of members from the recreation centers and from the ranks of players who volunteer their time. Teams play through the numerous recreation and senior centers throughout the front range area, with teams participating as far south as Castle Rock, as far north as Greeley and Longmont, west to Evergreen and east to Aurora. Teams are divided into divisions based on competitive level and schedules are developed. Games are played in the regular season schedule that runs from late April through August, and end-of-season tournaments played in late August or early September. The league has their regular senior teams, 50 years of age and above, playing doubleheaders on Wednesday mornings, and their 70s team, 70 years of age and above, playing doubleheaders on Monday mornings. Many players play on both a regular team and a 70s team. In 2022, there were 37 regular teams and 18 70s teams who participated. More information can be found by calling your recreation or senior center by checking the CSSA website at or, or by calling the CSSA Commissioner, Stan Harbor, at 303-721-8037 at home or 303-478-0695 cell phone. Submitted by Stan Harbor, CSSA Commissioner, email stanhrbour at C-O-M-C-A-S-T dot N-E-T. Hashtag I Am Denver. Hashtag I Am Denver documentary, Reclaiming Denver's Chinatown, made available to celebrate Lunar New Year. Descendants of early Chinese families relate history of long-lost neighborhood in latest film from the Denver Office of Storytelling. The Agency for Human Rights and Community Partnerships is pleased to announce that the anticipated hashtag IAMDenver documentary, Reclaiming Denver's Chinatown, produced by the Denver Office of Storytelling, is available to stream online along with four newly released feature stories. All five films are available with Chinese subtitles. The documentary premiered to a sold out audience at the Denver Film Festival in November. Several additional community screening and talkback events are in the works to show the film on the big screen in the coming months across the front range. Chinese immigrants made a home in Denver within a decade of the city's founding. So why doesn't modern Denver have a Chinatown? In reclaiming Denver's Chinatown, Descendants of the city's original Chinese families relate the history of Denver's Chinatown, where it was located, and what happened to what was once the largest Chinese enclave in the Rocky Mountains. The film package is available at www.denvergov.org slash c-o-m-m-u-n-i-t-y slash N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D-S Slash O-F-F-I-C-E dash OF dash S-T-O-R-Y-T-E-L-L-I-N-G Slash D-O-C-U-M-E-N-T-A-R-I-E-S Slash HIS I C dash C H I N A T O W N dash D E N V E R dash H O P dash A L L E Y dash C H I N E S E dash D E S C E N D A N T S. Passport to Aging Well. Despite some controversy over the exact quote, Betty Davis's quip that getting old ain't for sissies still stands true today. There is so much information, and it changes as the world advances, that it can be challenging to keep up with all the options for services, latest recommendations, paperwork, opportunities, and so much more. Senior Placement of Denver and Orion Mortgage Incorporated have teamed up to help you navigate this leg of life's journey with our passport to aging well. Each month from February 2023 through January 2024, we will be hosting a seminar at the Apex Community Recreation Center. Topics range from home safety and accessibility, to paying for care, to staying connected, and so many in between. Every seminar will feature trusted local resources who are here to support you and answer your questions. Join us for one, or better yet, join us for the whole series. The second Tuesday of each month from 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. at Apex Community Resource Center at 6842 Wadsworth Boulevard, Arvada, Colorado, 80003. Here are the first few topics. February 14, Home Safety and Accessibility. March 14, Choosing Community Care or Family Caregiving. April 12, Paying for Care. For more information and to register for events, visit www.orionmortgage.com slash e-v-e-n-t-s slash a-p-e-x-dash-s-e-r-i-e-s or telephone 303 303- AARP Colorado accepting 2023 Community Challenge Grant applications. The annual program aims to make communities in Colorado more livable for people of all ages. AARP Colorado invites local eligible organizations and governments across the country to apply for the 2023 AARP Community Challenge Grant Program, now through March 15 at 3 p.m. Grants fund quick action projects that help communities become more livable in the long term by improving public spaces, transportation, housing, civic engagement, diversity and inclusion, and more. Now in its seventh year, the program is part of AARP's nationwide Livable Communities Initiative, which supports the efforts of cities, towns, neighborhoods, and rural areas to become greater places to live for all residents, especially those age 50 and older. AARP Colorado is committed to helping communities across the state become great places to live for people of all ages, with an emphasis on people age 50 and older, said Angela Cortez, AARP Colorado Interim State Director. The Community Challenge has proven that quick-action projects can lead to long-lasting improvements, enhancing Coloradoans' quality of life. Previous Community Challenge grants have led to impressive results, with nearly half of grantees leveraging their projects into additional funding support from private and public sector partners, and 8 in 10 overcoming barriers and advancing change. In 2023, the AARP Community Challenge is accepting applications across three different grant opportunities, two of which are new this year. All projects must be consistent with AARP's mission to serve the needs of people 50 and older, along with other eligibility requirements. AARP will prioritize proposals that are inclusive, address disparities, and directly engage volunteers age 50 and older. New this year, the program will provide capacity-building micro-grants paired with additional resources such as one-on-one coaching, webinars, cohort learning opportunities, and more for improving walkability and starting or expanding a community garden. Also new this year, the Community Challenge will also offer demonstration grants. A portion will be focused on transportation improvements with funding support provided by Toyota Motor North America. Another portion of demonstration grants will focus on promoting greater awareness of the benefits of accessory dwelling units as a housing solution. AARP will also offer grants under a flagship opportunity to support projects that improve public places, transportation, housing, diversity, equity and inclusion, digital connections, community health and economic empowerment, and new this year, community resilience and civic engagement. Since 2017, AARP has awarded more than $12.7 million to over 1,060 projects, including 22 in Colorado, through the Community Challenge, to nonprofit organizations and government entities in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. The program provides direct support to all community types, including rural, suburban, and urban communities with a special focus on the needs of those 50 and older. The Community Challenge is open to eligible nonprofit organizations and government entities. Other types of organizations are considered on a case-by-case basis. Grants can range from several hundred dollars for small, short-term activities to tens of thousands of dollars for larger projects. The application deadline is 5 p.m. Eastern, March 15, 2023. All projects must be completed by November 30, 2023. To submit an application and view past grantees, visit www.aarp.org slash c-o-m-m-u-n-i-t-y-c-h-a-l-l-e-n-g-e. AARP Colorado works in collaboration with communities across the state, bringing people together and providing resources and expertise to help make Colorado's counties, towns, and cities great places to live for people of all ages. Locally, we have been able to add to the arts in Lakewood, a community garden in Carbondale, a roadway in Boulder, and many other developments in communities. These grants transform vacant or underutilized public spaces, create intergenerational programs, host open street programs and festivals, and encourage safe biking and walking, among other community improvements. Weight loss coaches share five tips for healthy resolutions by United Healthcare in Colorado. Despite the annual chatter about New Year's resolutions, many of us give up by February, and only a few stay the course for a whole year. Why is that? Sometimes it's because we're not really committed to the goal. Other times, the resolution itself is the issue. It may be too broad or unrealistic, or there might not be a solid plan for achieving it. Here are some goal setting ideas from the coaches at Real Appeal, an online weight loss program available at no additional cost to eligible United Healthcare members and dependents. They recommend you start by asking yourself, What healthy changes do I want to focus on most? What do I feel confident about achieving? What am I really to start working on now? What is most important to me? Next, think about these five tips. One, focus on one goal at a time. Tackling too much at once may lead to inconsistency. Try sticking to one priority until you feel confident adding another. If you've decided to record the food you eat and start a daily exercise routine, consider focusing on your food journal first. After you've developed a reliable system for tracking meals, begin upping your exercise game. Two, set realistic and measurable resolutions. Make sure each resolution is attainable and decide exactly how you'll measure its success. Use specific times and numbers to avoid vagueness. Instead of a resolution to have a less stressful morning routine, make it your goal to get out of bed by 6:45 a.m. each day. Instead of pledging to move more, resolve to add a brisk 30-minute walk to your daily routine. Start small, knowing you will always increase your measurable goals. 3. Make your goals enjoyable. Set resolutions you want to accomplish, not ones you think you should reach, and come up with ways to enjoy the time you've committed to them. For example, if your measurable goal is to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day, consider enrolling in a virtual cooking class that features interesting ways to add produce to dishes. 4. Plan for challenges and how you'll overcome them. Brainstorm a list of things that could get in the way of accomplishing your goals and come up with solutions ahead of time. Be honest about roadblocks and get creative with solutions. For instance, what will you do if the weather is bad? How can you add purposeful movement around your home or apartment? 5. Stay accountable and get support from people around you. Strong social support may improve your motivation, mental health, and behavior. Surround yourself with positive people and advocate for what you need to reach your goal. Consider asking a family member or friend to work with you on a common goal or join a group that will help you stay accountable. Go deeper. If you decide your resolution will be to lose weight, the Real Appeal Coaches suggest these areas of focus. 1. Track your food and drinks. Research has shown people who track their food lose more weight. A food diary may help keep you accountable and reveal things you might not even notice about your eating and drinking habits. 2. Eat quality foods. Fill your plates with fresh fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and lean proteins, such as turkey and fish. If that will mean big changes to how you currently eat, consider making a series of healthier food and drink swaps over time. 3. Get moving. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, People who lose weight and keep it off routinely do moderately intense physical activity. The American College of Sports Medicine suggests a minimum of 150 minutes per week of moderately intense activity to maintain weight loss. For support, consider checking if you're among the millions of United Healthcare members whose health benefits include year long access to a Peloton app membership or a three-month waiver on all access membership at no additional cost and preferred pricing on equipment. One last thing, don't limit yourself to setting resolutions once a year. Revisit your goals all year to help stay on track and refocus your efforts. Use these tips to set yourself up for success, no matter when you're looking for ways to live healthier. For more help from Real Appeal Coaches, visit www.uhc.com. Secure Your Facebook Account by Patrick Baker Facebook has an estimated 260 million users in the U.S., 22% of whom are over 55. However, people of any age are susceptible to someone impersonating or spoofing their account exposing themselves and their Facebook friends to potential online scams and identity theft. Worst case, a bad actor could seize your account and create serious difficulties for you attempting to restore your Facebook access, unless you take precautions. Last month, I discussed how to secure your Google account. This month, I'll focus on securing your Facebook account. If you use Facebook to market your business, safeguarding your account becomes especially important. Similar security measures are available for online banking, brokerage, and healthcare portal accounts. Learn why securing your Facebook account is necessary to safeguard this high-visibility social media account, your data, and the data of your Facebook friends and customers. Your Facebook account Your Facebook account is required to use the Facebook social media platform. You can use the same account for Instagram, too, also a meta-company. Creating, sharing, and interacting with posts from the people, celebrities, sports teams, interests, and groups you follow on Facebook is the whole point of social media for the consumer. If you're a business owner or entrepreneur, Facebook enables you to reach a broad audience with your product or service. You can interact with prospective and existing customers, promote products, services, specials, and sales, and transact business using the Facebook and Messenger apps. However, the dark side of such a widely used platform is that bad actors can impersonate or spoof other Facebook users and then, using social engineering like phishing, manipulate an attempt to befriend, scam, or steal the identities of an impersonated user's Facebook friends. I recommend taking the steps outlined here to secure your Facebook account. Our goals are to prevent spoofing, harden your account against hacking, and protect your personal information, and that of your Facebook friends and customers. Take a Privacy Checkup. Facebook's Privacy Checkup enables you to specify who can see what you share, provides options to keep your account secure, and lets you decide how people can find you on Facebook. In your browser, click your profile picture, Settings and Privacy privacy checkup. On mobile, tap your profile picture, setting and privacy, privacy shortcuts, privacy checkup. Who can see what you share? Use this selection to manage who can see your profile information, Facebook posts and stories, and people you have blocked from viewing your content. As you step through the different settings, you can choose with whom you wish to share your content the public, friends, and including or excluding specific friends, or only me. Who can see what you share encompasses a large swath of privacy settings, including your phone number, location, posts, and stories. How to keep your account secure Use this selection to manage your Facebook password, two-factor authentication, and login alerts. Facebook encourages you to use a unique, strong password. A strong password is 12 to 14 characters in length and has one capital letter, one number, and a symbol like a dollar sign or an exclamation point. Two-factor authentication, sometimes called multi-factor authentication, requires having two pieces of information to access your account. One, something you know, a password, and two, something you have, a verification code. Two-Factor Authentication adds another layer of security by ensuring that only you can use your Facebook login. When you enable two-factor authentication and log in to Facebook with a browser or the Facebook app, Facebook needs your password and a verification code to continue. The most common way to receive a verification code is via text message on your phone. However, multiple options exist for securely acquiring a verification code. Login alerts notify you if someone logs into your Facebook account from an unrecognized place or device. Facebook displays the device used and its location using Facebook notifications and email. If you receive a login alert, you should take appropriate action, such as logging out of Facebook sessions you don't recognize, changing your password, and enabling two-factor authentication if necessary. How people can find you on Facebook. Manage who can send friend requests and pending friend requests, who can use your phone number or email address to find you on Facebook, and whether your Facebook profile is visible to search engines like Google. Manage your active Facebook logins. Keep your account secure by managing your active Facebook logins, especially if you receive an unauthorized login alert. In your browser, click your profile picture, and then click Settings & Privacy, Settings, Security & Login. On mobile, tap your profile picture, then tap the gear icon, scroll down to Security, and tap Security & Login. Click See More or tap See All to see all of your Facebook login sessions, devices and locations where you have active Facebook login sessions. Close all your active Facebook login sessions. Click or tap log out of all sessions to close all of your active Facebook sessions. Close individual Facebook login sessions. Click on or tap the three dot menu to the right of an individual session and do one of the following. 1. Browser. Click not you and secure your Facebook account or log out to log out of that session. 2. Mobile. Tap Secure Account to secure your Facebook account or log out to log out of that session. Harden the security of your Facebook account by using a strong password, enabling two factor authentication and unauthorized login alerts, especially if Facebook reports an unauthorized login. Patrick Baker is an IT consultant and founder of Prime of Life Tech. Learn more about his services at C O M or email info at e-c-h dot c-o-m or call 720-319-7145. The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane. The Denver Children's Theater returns to the JCC Mizell Arts and Cultural Center with a presentation of the play The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane. School groups and individuals are invited to enjoy this heartfelt story of a toy who learns about love. The JCC Mizell Arts and Cultural Center has reopened the Denver Children's Theater with a presentation of The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane, a book written by Kate DiCamillo. The play runs on select dates in February and March for school groups and individuals at the Elaine Wolf Theater. It promises an enchanting, moving, and thought-provoking experience for young audiences from elementary to middle school. We are thrilled to have the Denver Children's Theater reopen and are ready to welcome back school groups and individuals alike to see our latest performance, said Rich Cowden, general manager of the JCC Mizell Arts and Culture Center. Through the play, children will learn a valuable lesson about love, and we will all know we can use a little more love in this world. The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane is based on Kate D. Camillo's novel of the same name, The play is a theatrical tour de force for the Denver Children's Theatre Ensemble of professional actors and musicians. The story is about an expensive toy rabbit made of China named Edward Tulane. He is loved by a little girl named Abilene, but Edward doesn't care. He is vain and self-centered. On an ocean voyage, Edward is accidentally thrown overboard and sinks to the bottom of the sea. So begins his journey a journey over which he has no control and where he learns his invaluable lesson about love. The performance is 45 minutes and suitable for kids in grades 1 through 8. School groups are encouraged to attend performances through field trips. Tickets are $10 and shows run at 10 a.m. or 12 p.m. on February 14, 17, 22, 23, 24, and 27, and March 3. One free adult ticket is available for every twenty student tickets for those attending through a school field trip. Financial assistance is available for school groups that demonstrate need. Patrons can email or call the JCC Mizell Arts and Cultural Center box office at box at jccdenver dot org or. 303-316-6360 for more information. Exploring Energy Medicine, A Breakthrough, by Kirsten Anthony, RN. Just breathe. These are two incredibly powerful words that can transform your health. Seize the moment right now and just focus on your breathing. Take an inhalation through your nose deep into the depths of your belly. Feel the power of your inhalation. Feel the power of your exhalation. Repeat as often as you need to until you attain a sense of relaxation. It shouldn't take long before you observe a shift in your energy. Breath is life. The Latin word spiritus, spirit, is translated to breath, life, and soul. Breath is life force energy and is the first action we take as we enter this world as a newborn and the last action we take at the end of our life. It is so fundamental and simple but can move heaven and earth. From a physiological standpoint, on average, 12 to 16 breaths per minute is necessary to bring oxygen into our lungs and release carbon dioxide from cellular functioning. Air enters through our nose or mouth, through the throat, larynx, brachia, and into the lungs. The respiratory system works in conjunction with the autonomic nervous system, ANS. The ANS works like autopilot. And many people have breathing habits in which stressors have triggered the fight-or-flight response. This can lead to shallow breathing. We have the power to override the ANS by using breathwork, intentional breathing, to turn on the parasympathetic nervous system, rest and digest, in which breathing slows and induces a relaxation response. One of the first steps in breathwork is to become aware of your current breathing pattern. Many people breathe in ways that don't fully engage your diaphragm, which in a relaxed state is how we are made to breathe fully. The diaphragm is a muscle at the base of the chest, which you can feel move at the bottom of your ribcage when taking a deep breath. Breathing should be relaxed and full, inhaling into the diaphragm in and out through the nose. Breathing through the nose has many benefits. The nose is a filter that helps capture unwanted guests to our respiratory system like allergens, viruses, and bacteria. Breathing through the nose produces nitric oxide, which aids in this immune function as well as being a vasodilator, which improves oxygen circulation. The nose is also a natural humidifier, and breathing through the nose can improve lung capacity and strengthen the diaphragm. Take deep breaths into the diaphragm, breathing through your nose. Stress can easily shuttle a healthy pattern into chaos. Breathwork can help inform our bodies back into homeostasis. Breathwork can benefit the body in many ways. It can help relieve pain, decrease stress, increase energy levels, improve the immune system, improve the digestive system, stimulate the lymphatic system, along with decreasing blood pressure and heart rate. Working with the breath can also have profound effects on the emotions. According to traditional Chinese medicine, the emotion of grief is associated with the lungs. Deep breathing can assist with the release of the tightness and heaviness in the chest associated with sadness and grief. Suppressed emotions can manifest into physical ailments. Working with emotions through the breath can assist in transforming the energy into a healthy flow state help alleviate feelings of grief, anxiety, depression, and sleep disorders. Reconnecting to our breath helps us reconnect with our inner world as well as our outer world and helps us become more adaptable to our daily dilemmas. Breathwork helps to make the unconscious conscious. There are types of breathwork that are practiced that can bring the practitioner to increase spiritual awareness and alerted states of consciousness. Practices such as holotropic, shamanic, rebirthing, transformational, and Win Hof are all methods of breathwork that are used therapeutically. Like with many exercises, there can be contradictions. If you suffer from certain conditions, please consult a physician before trying a new exercise. Breathwork can be intense, so please never attempt a breathing exercise if it makes you uncomfortable. Breath work is also often used in conjunction with other holistic modalities to obtain a deep state of relaxation. Practices such as giggong, yoga, meditation, visualization, mindfulness, and sound healing may all incorporate breathing exercises into a session. Breath work, in conjunction with these practices, encourage a deeper healing effect and can enhance just about any practice. An example of incorporating two modalities is the use of toning and breath together. Toning is the use of the voice and vocal systems to bring balance to the body. The combination of the two can be very dynamic in moving energy. To reconnect to the heart and lung center of the body, the sound ah is very powerful and is the sound of letting go. If you feel stressed, anxious, depressed, or are grieving, this sound can help move stagnant energy. Try the awe sound during exhalation and see how quickly you feel a change in emotions and state of relaxation. You should feel it resonate in the chest area. With practice, this can help repattern your energy state of homeostasis, but can be practiced at any time you need a shift in emotions. Breath work is a beautiful entry point to healing. But know that healing isn't necessarily a cure, and healing isn't always a destination point from A to B. Healing is an expression and renewal into wholeness. It is a spectrum of energies that flow from one state to another, just like the inflow and outflow of the breath. Healing should be playful and joyful. Play with the breath and feel the energy of your emotions and where they reside. Relax. Breathe deeply. Go inward. Rest in this moment, for each breath is life, and each breath is a gift. This content is not intended to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatments. Always seek the advice of your physician and or another qualified healthcare provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Kirsten Antony is a registered nurse and holistic healthcare practitioner. She offers in-home services of foot care, reflexology, sound healing, and healing touch to those in the Denver metro area. For more information, please visit www.kirstenantony.net or www.facebook.com dot c-o-m-slash-s-o-u-l-t-o-s-o-l-e-h-o-l-i-s-t-i-c-h-e-a-l-t-h-c-a-r-e or call 303 668 Benefits in Action, Tax Program 2023. It's about that time of year. Have you filed your taxes yet? If not, the IRS deadline for tax filing is Tuesday, April 18, 2023. If you're looking for a tax site to help you file taxes, look no further than Benefits in Action. We are a Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, VITA, tax site operating under the umbrella of the Tax Help Colorado program. We will be in operation for tax filings beginning February 7, 2023 and ending April 13, 2023. Benefits in Action is offering free tax assistance to low-income Coloradoans as part of the VITA tax program. This means our volunteers and staff members provide no-cost tax filing assistance to those that meet the VITA program requirements. These requirements include having a gross income of less than $60,000 a year, not having a business that operates at a net loss, and not having more than $35,000 in business expenses. They also include not claiming certain credits and deductions, such as the health coverage tax credit. However, rest assured that we can prepare most tax filings that come our way this tax season. If you qualify for the VITA tax program, you can contact Benefits in Action at 720 221 8354 or via email info at benefitsinaction.org. Our intake coordinators can schedule an appointment for you and discuss the documents you will need at the time of the appointment. These documents include, but are not limited to, your valid photo ID, your social security card, the social security card for everyone in your tax household, and documentation proving your income and expenses. This documentation includes W-2s, 1099s, social security statements, proof of interest, and dividends or retirement income, and any expenses you intend to claim or itemize. We will be scheduling appointments on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. starting Tuesday, February 7 and ending Thursday, April 13. We will also schedule appointments on Saturdays from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. beginning Saturday, February 10 and ending Saturday, April 8, 2023. Does this information make you interested in filing your taxes? If so, there are a few things to keep in mind. First, identify the documents you will need to bring with you when seeking tax assistance and make sure you bring them to your tax site. Second, if you are married and filing jointly, make sure that both you and your spouse come to the tax site, as both of you will need to sign important documents, including the actual tax return. Finally, please do not wait until the last minute to start your taxes. The sooner you file taxes, the better. For more information, you can also call Benefits in Action at 720-221-8354 or email us at info at We are happy to help you with your tax-related needs. Artists create age-positive birthday cards as part of Changing the Narrative's Anti-Ageism campaign. Frustrated by the racks of birthday card options that mock older adults as weak, deaf, forgetful and crabby, the Colorado-based anti-ageism group Changing the Narrative is making birthday card shopping empowering and uplifting producing age-positive cards that celebrate aging and honor the recipients. A contest attracting submissions from professional greeting card designers from around the country resulted in 10 winning birthday cards, all designed by women, several by women of color, to be part of a collection of age-positive cards. The artists are from cities and states across the country, including San Diego, California, Seattle, Washington, St. Paul, Minnesota, and Fort Collins, Colorado. The original contest that accepted applications only from Colorado-based general artists was wildly successful, with the birthday cards selling quickly to buyers around the country. As a result, and due to popular demand, Changing the Narrative decided to expand the contest nationally. We chose the artists based on their creative talents and enthusiasm to join the movement to end ageism, said Janine Vanderberg, director of Changing the Narratives we invited experienced professional and successful greeting card designers to participate in the contest. The wonderfully diverse designs share one thing, a message that age is something to celebrate. Ageism harms all of us, said Melissa Mecca of Fort Collins. If my art can help shift the perspective of any marginalized group, then I feel like I'm doing the work I was set out to do. Changing the narrative challenges the notion perpetuated in many traditional birthday cards that we should feel bad about aging, that getting older is all about decline, deterioration, and depression. In the effort to be humorous, some of the cards portray older adults as bench-sitting curmudgeons, boozy women who can't remember what they just said, flatulent grandparents, or lecherous old men, all reflecting and reinforcing the negative stereotype about getting older. But ageism isn't funny. It's harmful. A recent survey found that 93% of older adults in the U.S. experience ageism. And research by Dr. Becca Levy of the Yale School of Public Health shows that having negative beliefs about aging affects our physical and mental health, increases the likelihood of developing dementia, and decreases our lifespan. Sarah Schwartz, a.k.a. The Paper Nerd, editor-in-chief of Stationary Trends magazine, said, Over-the-hill cards have been the norm, and that concept wasn't challenged until recently. The conversation is changing, but cultural changes take a while. The momentum is building. Cards are micro-conversations. With one card and one person, you can evolve your perspective. For Vandenberg, that's the point. She continued, Our goal at changing the narrative is to not only raise awareness and understanding of ageism, but also to make a real-world difference. We want to change how people think, talk, and act about aging and ageism. We want to change the message we hear in our workplaces, in our doctors' offices, and in our everyday lives. And we want to change the stories we tell about ourselves as we age. Sharing happy birthday messages that make us smile or laugh in celebration of aging instead of mocking older people is an important step in changing the stories that our culture feeds us about getting older. For more information on how to support these winning artists through these birthday cards and to learn more about ageism and what you can do to address it, please visit www.changangt.com. H-E-N-A-R-R-A-T-I-V-E-C-O dot O-R-G. Changing the Narrative is a U.S.-based company changing the way people think, talk, and act about aging and ageism through evidence-based strategies, strategic communication, and innovative public campaigns. Our end game to end ageism together. Can you reduce the Medicare surcharge? Before you turn 65, you'll want to become familiar with Medicare's rules and features. And if you're a high earner, you'll want to be especially aware of the Medicare premium surcharge, because over time, it can add up to some significant dollars. The premium surcharge, known as the Income-Related Monthly Adjustment Amount, or IRMAA, is assessed on premiums for Medicare Parts B and D, and generally is based on an individual's Modified Adjusted Gross Income, MAGI, of two years ago. So, the IRMAA for 2023 would be based on one's MAGI from 2021. For someone who's married and files taxes jointly and whose MAGI for 2021 was $194,000 or less, the Part B premium for 2023 will be $164.90 per month, and the Part D premium will be whatever amount is charged by their Medicare plan. But if their 2021 MAGI was between $194,000 and $246,000, they'll pay $230.80, a surcharge of $65.90, for Part B, and an additional $12.20 for Part D. And the IRMAA rises at different income levels, reaching a maximum of $560.50, a surcharge of $395.60 for Part B, and an additional $76.40 for Part D, and an additional $76.40 for Part D for a MAGI of $750,000 or more. If you're unprepared for the IRMAA, it can be an unpleasant surprise. So if you've still got a few years until you enroll in Medicare, you may want to look for ways to control your MAGI and possibly limit the surcharge. Here are a few suggestions. Contribute to a Health Savings Account, HSA. If you have access to a Health Savings Account, HSA, your contribution will reduce your taxable income helping you on the IRMAA issue. Furthermore, any investment growth within your HSA is tax-free, as are withdrawals for qualified medical expenses, which can include Medicare premiums, deductibles, and copays. Contribute to a Roth IRA. Roth IRA withdrawals are tax-free, provided you don't start taking them until you're 59, and you've had your account at least five years. These tax-free withdrawals can enable you to avoid taking taxable withdrawals from other accounts, which may help you avoid an increase in your IRMAA. Consider a Roth IRA conversion. You could convert some or perhaps all the assets of a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA, but you'll need to consider the impact of taxes, any deductible contributions to your traditional IRA, and the earnings generated by these contributions will be fully taxable the year of the conversion. So you'll want to have funds outside your IRA available to pay these taxes. Also, timing is important. To be on the safe side, you might want to complete the Roth conversion three or more years before you enroll in Medicare, so the conversion and the likely increase in your MAGI won't increase the IRMAA. Manage your withdrawal rate. Taking large withdrawals from your retirement accounts can bump up your MAGI bracket and your IRMAA. So, as you near retirement, you'll want to establish a sustainable withdrawal rate, one that provides you the income you need, but without going overboard. While these moves could potentially help you control the Medicare surcharge, they still must make sense for your overall financial strategy. It's obviously desirable to keep the surcharge as low as you can, but it's even more important to take the steps necessary to reach your financial goals. Jeremy Laufer is a financial advisor with Edward Jones in Arvada, Colorado. Contact me at 303-456-0282 or email jeremy.laufer at edwardjones.com. Or visit me on the web at www.edwardjones.com slash j-e-r-e-m-y l-a-u-f-e-r. This article was written by Edward Jones for use by your local Edward Jones financial advisor. Edward Jones, member SIPC. DDPHE issues requests for proposals for $2 million food system resiliency grants. Support for community food system infrastructure will increase access to food for Denver residents. The Denver Department of Public Health and Environment, DDPHE, is making $2 million in grant funding available to local organizations as part of its Food System Resiliency Grant Program. DDPHE has issued a Request for Proposals, RFP, from qualified local nonprofit organizations to address citywide food insecurity as part of the city and county of Denver's COVID-19 recovery efforts. The Food System Resiliency Grant Program focuses funds on improving infrastructure, operations, and food systems. The goal of the program is to support local food systems infrastructure that enables organizations to more effectively obtain, store, and distribute food to ensure better preparation for future food system crises. Because the program is meant to address systemic food insecurity, funds are not eligible for the direct purchasing or distribution of emergency food. Funded through Denver's American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA, allocations included in Mayor Michael B. Hancock's 2022 budget, and informed through community feedback, DDPHE will provide grant funding to enable community food-serving nonprofit organizations to improve their emergency food crisis infrastructure. The pandemic stressed family budgets and exacerbated food insecurity, not only here in Denver, but across the country. With our ARPA funding, we're empowering nonprofit partners to bolster their long-term food resiliency infrastructure to support families in need and our community as a whole, now and in the future, Mayor Hancock said. As the COVID-19 hunger crisis has intensified and continued, food pantries, emergency food providers, farmers, and food producers have worked to provide millions of meals to community members in need. This sustained community food work has exposed and intensified vulnerabilities in our existing food system. Supports at-risk residents as transportation, buildings, and resources have been inadequate to meet food demands. Nonprofit organizations need resources to support longer-term food systems resilience, like funds for building infrastructure, transportation, staff training, and mental health support. Supporting our community food partners will generally improve crucial food access to Denver residents who are unable to access them otherwise in a crisis, said DDPHE Executive Director Bob McDonald. The better our Denver Food Network is prepared for unexpected surges in demand for food as our community experienced during COVID-19, the greater the outcomes will be for our community. DDPHE is currently accepting applications that support Denver food systems in the following program priority areas. Facility infrastructure upgrades such as plumbing, electrical, or renovations to improve the efficiency of operations, warehousing, and food storage, loading or packaging equipment, software, and other food equipment or materials. Storage, handling, processing, preparation, packaging, transportation, and distribution of food, supplies, program operating expenses, equipment and capital infrastructure costs, value chain management improvements, transportation or loading improvements such as purchasing or leasing trucks or other vehicles or pallet jacks, forklifts, carts, conveyor belts, etc., labor, staffing, personnel, programs, evaluations, program outreach, and community engagement, federal benefit enrollment assistance, and marketing costs. Read more on our website or view the full request for RFP. Proposals are due at 11.59 p.m. local time on Tuesday, February 21, 2023. Proposals should be submitted online through BidNet. Find more information about food systems, A virtual information session will be held on January 5 at 1 p.m. for interested applicants. Museum of Boulder and NAACP partner to create Black History Exhibit, Proclaiming Colorado's Black History, scheduled to open in 2023, by Micah Smith. The Museum of Boulder and the Boulder branch of the NAACP have partnered to create a new Black History Exhibit called Proclaiming Colorado's Black History. The Museum of Boulder is partnering with the Boulder branch of the NAACP to create a new Black History exhibit called Proclaiming Colorado's Black History. We are trying to think of a name and someone said, Reclaiming Boulder's Black History. And I said, we haven't even acknowledged Boulder's Black History yet, said Glenda Strong Robinson, civil rights activist and NAACP member. So we're going forward with Proclaiming Boulder's Black History. Robinson says she's excited about the project following a recent visit to the museum where she didn't see many stories about black Coloradoans. There have been innumerable African-American people in this area that I know of who've made significant contributions to the economy, to the culture, Robinson said. After receiving that feedback, the Museum of Boulder decided to take action. Museum officials applied for a federal grant and are currently working on creating a Black History Exhibit with help from the NAACP and social historian and food critic, Adrian Miller. So we are really looking at what are the churches, the businesses, the community centers that have their own archives? Who are those family historians? Who are those community historians that have been gathering stories, that have been taking notes on the back of photos, you know? Those things that sometimes we take for granted, said Emily Zinn, Director of Education for the Museum of Boulder. Zinn says there are so many stories to tell. Penfield Tate is the only black mayor that Boulder's ever had, Zinn said. Dr. Charles Nealon, he was the first African-American professor at CU Boulder, Robinson said. Robinson and Zinn say the exhibit will tell the stories of black trailblazers and everyday Coloradoans alike. Zinn says over the next year, the museum and museum partners will work to collect stories and items for the exhibit, which is scheduled to be completed by 2023. Soar into the new year and explore flight and space at Wings Over the Rockies. Wings Over the Rockies, WINGS, announced today its first quarter event schedule, giving visitors an insight to what's to come so they can plan a visit or two in the coming months. Some highlights include an existing new exhibit which starts in February. 2023 Air and Space Camp. Registration is now open for WINGS Air and Space Summer Camp, where campers will be immersed in a week-long aerospace experience the in-person camp covers STEM-related subjects for elementary and middle schoolers. Participants will take a trip to Mars, fly drones, learn about deep space travel, and a whole lot more. Camps will be held at both Wings Air and Space Museum and Exploration of Flight locations. All camps are open to students ages 8 to 14. Breakfast fly-in. Visit Wings over the Rockies Exploration of Flight Centennial location, the first Saturday of each month for breakfast with a view. Visitors can enjoy breakfast from a local food truck, watch aircraft fly in, and explore interactive exhibits and simulators. The next dates are scheduled for Saturday, February 4, and March 4, starting at 9.30 a.m. Tickets are required. Aviation-focused weekend showcase. Join Wings Over the Rockies exploration of flight for an immersive way to learn about aviation. A great experience for the entire family and a whole lot of fun. February 11th, Aerobatics Showcase. Seeing the world from unusual altitudes. This is a static event and will include a presentation on aerobatics and aerodynamics. Check out wwww ev slash e v ENTS, for more details on upcoming weekend showcases at Exploration of Flight. Pioneers, pace Setters, and Possibilities, Colorado on the Aerospace Frontier. Coloradoans have had a major impact across every aspect of aviation and space exploration. Visit Colorado's official Air and Space Museum in the historic Lowry neighborhood to see the newest exhibit focusing on Colorado's pioneers, setters, and possibilities, opening February 4th. Book signing featuring author Sharon Kaplis-McDougall. Sharon worked with the space shuttle program, suiting up astronauts for launch over 20 years. Now she's suiting up for launch with Shay in her new children's book, Kids of all ages will love learning about the spacesuit from her adorable book on February 25th at 10.30 a.m. at the Air and Space Museum. Tickets are required. Spreading Wings Gala. This fundraising event helps support WING's mission and will honor the achievements and advancements of Lockheed Martin. Enjoy a special evening of entertainment, cocktails, seated dinner, auctions, and special speakers inside Hangar No. 1 in the historic Lowry neighborhood. The event is on March 9 from 6 to 9.30 p.m. at the Air and Space Museum. Tickets are required and the public is invited to attend book signing and talk featuring Eileen Collins. Join Eileen, who authored Through the Glass Ceiling to the Stars at Wings Over the Rockies Air and Space Museum, who will be visiting on March 10th from 4 to 6 p.m. It will be a great opportunity for all and especially for teachers and students. Citizen Legislature by Doris Beaver. February's column will be somewhat of a preview of what is to come as the bills pertaining to the over-50 crowd have been introduced with some impact statements completed. Senate Bill 23-301. SB 301 provides for the creation of a training program, the Colorado Multidisciplinary Healthcare Provider Access Training Program, meant to provide clinical training opportunities in geriatric medicine for graduate students. The program will be based at the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. Readers may be thinking this is yet another program being created. This program, if implemented as described in the bill, will authorize students successfully completing the program to become trainers in clinics across the state there will be an oversight advisory committee to ensure that the training for the program is consistent and collaborative across the fields of study. Specifically spelled out in the legislative description is one, improved placement of students in experiential clinical training opportunities, prioritizing rural and underserved communities. Two coordinate with graduates of the program to become geriatric trainers for future students, and three, increase the number of clinical training sites across Colorado, specifically in rural and underserved communities. The legislative declaration further provides what is so mind-boggling about this. There are only 96 physicians trained in geriatrics across the state, and 289 physicians trained in geriatrics are needed by 2050 to serve 10% of Coloradoans over 60 years of age. Over the past decade, Colorado has had the second fastest growing rate of residents over 65 years of age in the United States, growing at roughly 51%. Currently, 21% of the population in Colorado is over 65 years of age. By 2030, Colorado will have more residents over 65 years of age than residents under 16 years of age. And there is a severe shortage in the United States of geriatric trained clinicians across all healthcare disciplines. While recent studies have not been conducted, the studies conducted in 1997 indicated there were less readmission of patients released from hospitals with acute care for elder units, were nearly 10% less compared to readmission rates for patients released from hospitals without acute care for elder units. Payments from the Medicare program for Colorado equal $4,580,004,999, which covers 528,000 Medicare enrollees. Such numbers for just one state of the country is alarming and mind-boggling to say the least. Look for a vigorous debate on SB 031. SB 031 is assigned to the Senate Health and Human Services Committee, with more on it as it makes its way through the legislative path. Sponsors of Senate Bill 23031, Senators Jesse Danielson, Democrat of Jefferson, 303-866-4586, and Lisa Cutter, Democrat of Jefferson, 303 No sponsor for yet in the House of Representatives. Doris Beaver is a freelance journalist who writes from her home high in the Colorado Rocky Mountains on senior issues, politics, ethics, and environmental issues. Visit her website www.dorisbeaver.com or email D-O-R-I-S at D-O-R-I-S-B-E-A-V-E-R dot C-O-M. Housing Options for Older Adults in Douglas County. New housing opportunities planned for older adults, reverse mortgages, and other housing strategies will be discussed at the Seniors Council of Douglas County meeting on Thursday, March 2, from 10 to 1130 a.m. Artie Lell, Deputy Director of the Douglas County Housing Partnership, will talk about these important topics. Older adults, as well as the general public, are invited to this free presentation at the Philip S. Miller Building, 103rd 3rd Street, Castle Rock. New housing, as well as established older adult housing, will be described by Lell, whose organization is located in Lone Tree. Senior housing is an option that appeals to many for various reasons. Information on how to obtain in-depth, free, one-on-one counseling will be presented. There are options available to older adults to help obtain suitable housing. LEL will provide an overview of reverse mortgage lending, including the pros and cons of using this type of loan. Reverse mortgages can be used to create additional retirement funds and to eliminate mortgage payments. Some older adults wish to age in place and some want to explore a different lifestyle. Whether in affordable senior housing or a multi-generational community, it is good to have options. The Douglas County Housing Partnership, DCHP, a multi-jurisdictional housing authority, was formed in 2003 as a cooperative effort between businesses and local and county government. The DCHP operates with financial support from the jurisdictions of the City of Lone Tree, the Town of Castle Rock, the Town of Parker, the City of Castle Pines, and Douglas County as a political subdivision and public corporation of the State of Colorado. Information is available at www.douglascountyhousingpartner.org. S-H-I-P dot O-R-G. This column is hosted by the Seniors Council of Douglas County. The group's motto is Living Well, Aging Well. Meetings are generally the first Thursday of the month at various locations in Douglas County and are open to the public at no charge. Is there a topic you'd like addressed in the future? Please get in touch. Seniors Council invites older adults to get involved and to keep learning. For more information and program updates, visit www.douglas.co.us slash c-o-m-m-u-n-i-t-y s-e-r-v-i-c-e-s or email dcseni. O-R-L-I-F-E at D-O-U-G-L-A-S dot C-O dot U-S or telephone 303-663-7681. Some meetings are available virtually. Please check the website for current information and links. You may request our electronic newsletter, First Friday Update, by email. Connect on Facebook at wwwfacebookcom dot mydougcoseniorlife Reader's Corner by Bonnie McCune and Kathleen Duhamel. Harlem Shuffle. Two-time Pulitzer Prize winner Colson Whitehead spins an engaging tale of 1960s Harlem during the height of the civil rights movement. Mostly honest Ray Carney, a likable family man, strives to create a better future for his wife and children by opening a high-end furniture store. He's also not averse to fencing jewelry and televisions, no questions asked. When his cousin becomes involved in a high-profit robbery, Carney becomes tangled with a cast of sleazy underworld figures. Although the plot of Harlem Shuffle is not as dramatic as some of Whitehead's works, anything from the accomplished storyteller is worth a read. Lady Sings the Blues, Billie Holiday Other jazz singers of her era may have had more vocal range and technical skills, but no one could wring the raw emotion out of a lyric like Lady Day. Her distinctive voice and impeccable style continue to inspire singers across the musical spectrum. This book is a brilliantly honest account of her incredibly hard upbringing, the racism she faced as a performer, and her struggles with drug addiction. Reading about her life in her own words was both inspiring and heartbreaking. The Hate You Give, a Prince Honor winner by Angie Thomas. Although marketed as a YA book because the main characters are high schoolers, this is no patronizing glib view depreciating violence and racism. A heartrending telling of a young woman who loses a friend in terrible circumstances. It rings true and brings tears to the eye. Even better, it tempts readers to question their own beliefs and the society we're all haphazardly and irresponsibly created. No easy answers come forward, but you'll treasure the characters who ring true and deserve to live their best lives. Author Kathleen Duhamel writes humorous contemporary romances featuring seasoned characters. Her newest is Fed Up at www.kathleenduhamel.com. Author Bonnie McCune's latest is Never Retreat. A Suspenseful Romance in Colorado's Wilderness at www.bonniemccune.com. New Year, New You. Reflections on Nutrition and Exercise. Faculty and staff from CU Nursing share thoughts on keeping weight loss resolutions. By Bob Mook. At this point, those who resolve to lose weight in 2023 are either trending in the right direction, discouraged, or they're given up. If you fall in the latter two categories, maybe it's time to try a different approach. Though the common wisdom on weight loss is that one simply needs to increase exercise and reduce consumption, the formula is rarely that simple, particularly if you are older or if you're struggled with health issues. Because no two people are the same, there's no one-size-fits-all formula for losing weight. To provide food for thought on meeting your fitness resolutions for 2023 and beyond, we asked some faculty and staff at the University of Colorado College of Nursing to share insights on what has worked for them and what might work for you. While our sources have seen results from their favorite fitness models, they agree that results may vary depending on your age, lifestyle, and personal preferences. Weight loss is the hardest thing we do as humans. It is almost the element that we beat ourselves up for again and again. According to Kim Paxton, DNP, APRN, Specialty Director of CU College of Nursing's Adult Gerontology Primary Care Nurse Practitioner Program. Kim Paxton's academic passion lies in translating theoretical research of health promotion into practice. Dr. Paxton has presented nationally and regionally on strategies, technology, and exercise integration for health promotion. She is not an advocate for dieting, however, and she discourages using the D word in her classes. I tell my students never to use the word diet in class, she says, because there is no diet. It's all about the balancing of nutrition. When you look at the balance of nutrition, it's not about calories, it's about the macros. What are macros? The term is short for macronutrients. Macros are fat, protein, and carbohydrates, and most individuals don't know how to balance them properly, Paxton says. In general, a macro-based nutritional regimen emphasizes decreasing carbs and increasing protein and fats. It takes a higher metabolism to burn protein and fat, she says. I'm not saying go eat a stick of butter, but just a small percentage of an increase improves results. For example, Paxton says a protein-enriched breakfast with eggs, turkey sausage, toast, and jelly is a good way to start a day. She also stresses eating slowly and meaningfully and avoiding stress eating. Being aware of water intake and hydration is also important though she advises people to avoid products with artificial sweeteners like aspartame that can contribute to inflammation and weight gain. Paxton has found a macro-based app called RP for Renaissance Periodization to be effective in helping her and members of her family lose weight. She also says any kind of exercise helps, whether it involves aerobics, strength training, or simply taking a walk. Paxton herself invested in the Peloton app and is working with an exercise physiologist to stay in shape. Overall, Paxton suggests that people be easy on themselves while changing their exercise and nutrition habits. Don't try to change everything in January because it's not going to happen, she says. Give yourself permission to fail. Weight loss is the hardest thing we do as humans. It is also the element we beat ourselves up for again and again. Kathy Jankowski, Ph.D., Exercise to Maintain Muscle. Even though she is a fitness buff who believes that exercise is important, CU Nursing Professor Kathy Jankowski, Ph.D., maintains that exercise alone is not a good strategy for weight loss, particularly among older adults. Dr. Jankowski's research focuses on the maintenance and promotion of physical function during aging. In general, people start losing their muscle mass in their 30s, but the loss becomes more obvious later in life. As a lifelong exerciser, I wanted to know more about the science of exercise, she says. The benefits of exercise are way broader than weight loss, but exercise alone is not an effective strategy for weight loss. For older adults, it's important to maintain or build muscle mass and muscle strength. The actual weight scale weight is not as important as what the weight is comprised of, she says. As you get older, you'll have more fat accumulation, but you'll also lose muscle mass unless you stimulate the muscles. Whereas six-pack abs are either unobtainable or undesirable for most people, simple fitness is relative and achievable, Jankowski says. What's important is that everybody move around and avoid a sedentary lifestyle, even if it's something very simple such as standing up during commercials, she says. The most important step in exercise is the step out of the front door. The sky is the limit after that. People will be surprised by how much improvement they'll see with modest increases in physical activity. While weight training and resistance training are helpful, Jankowski also stresses a relatively low-fat diet with sufficient high-quality protein as part of an effective plan. A typical American meal trend is that people get most of their protein during an evening meal but a small amount of protein in meals throughout the day is probably more effective in training your muscles she says she adds that whole grains leafy vegetables and fiber are other critical components in good nutrition jankowski encourages people to understand their limitations and set reasonable expectations when adopting a new fitness routine If you are working with a nutritionist or a trainer, or even an app, and they don't start off by asking what your goals are and getting a thorough picture of your overall health, then that's a red flag, she says. Safe at home. Caring for someone with dementia can be hard. There are physical, emotional, financial, and lifestyle changes to face. An estimated 33 to 60% of people with Alzheimer's disease and related dementias have a firearm in their home, and 38% of their caregivers identify firearms as an issue to address. Discussing firearm safety in the home can be difficult, but having a plan in place can promote safety and help minimize caregiver stress. In collaboration with caregivers, dementia organizations, firearm organizations, and other experts, a team at the University of Colorado is studying the effectiveness of an online educational resource. This free online resource part of a study that aims to help caregivers of people living with dementia clarify values and make decisions about firearms access, driving, or take steps to improve safety at home, and then commit to implementing their preferred option. Join the Safe at Home Research Study to get access to valuable resources for friends or family members of someone with dementia. Help research that supports dementia caregivers and receive up to $180. To learn more and to see if you are eligible to participate, visit www.tinyurl.com slash s-a-f-e-t-y-i-n-d-e-m-e-n-t-i-a. If you have any questions, feel free to contact the research team by emailing betzlab at c u a n s c h u t z dot e d u or telephoning three zero three seven two four four zero seven seven the housing market has shifted now what we are experiencing market correction dynamics not seen in 40 years After watching the average house price drop $100,000 in the Denver metro area over the past six months, many clients are asking if they should move now or wait. Based on review of many current forecasts, I don't see any reason to wait for a better time to buy or sell. The market has shifted and is not projected to reverse course any time in the near future. The market has given up all gains realized in 2022, and interest rates have started to stabilize in the 6% range, which is near the target rate projected for 2023 and 2024. The rate will, of course, fluctuate and may even rise a bit more before it settles. But most projections are for a protracted rate in the 5.5% to 6.5% range into the foreseeable future, So if a move is on the horizon, waiting a year or even two likely won't change the results of the transaction. Over the past few months, many buyers and sellers have sat on the sidelines watching the market, wondering where it will go. Their hesitation, coupled with regular seasonality, which always comes into play during the holidays, has caused a significant quieting of the market, which always creates unease. After the holiday season passes, we historically see activity pick up significantly toward the end of January and into February, leading up to the spring market. With the market now stabilizing after the 2022 corrections, confidence in housing should return, and the market will find a new normal. Everyone needs a roof over their head, and we will still have a housing shortage, so the market will go on. It will just feel different and take some getting used to. If you're wondering how the 2022 market correction has impacted your value, or if you're ready to buy a home but unsure what that looks like, we are always available to help you size up your situation or provide a complimentary market analysis so you know where you stand. Conrad Steller, co-owner, managing broker. The Mindful Path, Self-Love. Marilyn Halpern, LSW, ACSW. To love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. Oscar Wilde. February offers an opportunity for you to reflect on how you can develop lifelong self-compassion. Does your love and care extend more fully to your spouse, children, friends, and pets than yourself? Self-love means you are willing to offer care and kindness on your best and worst days. When you are joyful, grieving, lacking, excelling, healthy, ill, euphoric, or sorrowful. Often people find self-regard can expand by developing and increasing your patience, curiosity, and self-respect. With a deep, soulful breath, you can ask yourself a thought-provoking question. Do I love myself? To foster loving-kindness, you can follow three guidelines. One, be intentional. Begin each day with the intention of being patient and compassionate toward all you need to accomplish, endure, or do during your day. If the demands of your day exceed your capacity to complete tasks, you might find yourself in a stressful situation. Setting realistic goals and practicing good time management can aid in curbing your feelings of being overwhelmed. Feeling grouchy? It may be time to pause and reflect on the acronym H-A-L-T. Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? By addressing basic needs, you can be happier and more productive. 2. Take Action In your hurried life, your basic needs can be pushed aside for things that are seemingly more important. Has your own self-care been neglected? Today, you can take action to make a needed medical, dental, or spa appointment for yourself. You can carve out time to exercise or take a brisk walk. You can make a commitment to eat food, choices that support your health and well-being. 3. Practice Mindfulness A mindfulness practice is an excellent way to nurture self-love. To begin the February mindfulness exercise, feel free to set a timer for five to 30 minutes. Yes, just carving out five minutes will do wonders for your peace of mind. You can begin by taking three deep cleansing breaths. Imagine filling your lungs and belly. Feel the expansion of air in your chest. Your chest will expand from your ribs to your waist. Continue breathing at a steady rate that is comfortable and relaxed. You can use the gesture of self-love by placing your hands over your heart. You will feel the warmth of your palm on your chest. Continue breathing full, steady breaths as you allow your eyes to close or your gaze to soften. You will feel your breath calming and relaxing your body. As you begin to relax, you can begin focusing on these phrases. I am loved. I have compassion for myself. As you say the word, I, gently press your palm toward your heart. Repeat the phrases and deep breathing for the duration of your exercise. When the time is over, quietly sit for three more deep, steady breaths. During this month, pay attention to the messages you send yourself. Is your self-talk encouraging or negative? Try to find opportunities to extend compassion and kindness to yourself Self-love allows you to have better self-care and, in turn, that allows you to better love, nurture, and help others. Often, change for better health, stronger relationships, and a happier disposition starts with how we choose to treat ourselves. Happy Valentine's Day! Marilyn Halpern is the Founder and Executive Director of Aspen Care Services. This locally-owned business provides medical power of attorney, care management, and professional guardianship services in the Denver metro area. For more information, visit www.aspencareservices.com. Willowbrook Place appoints Community Relations Director. Anna Kusick has been named Community Relations Director for Willowbrook Place, an Anthem Memory Care community in Littleton. In this position, she will be responsible for community outreach and marketing. Kusick previously was Regional Director at the AFFIX Group in Denver, Colorado. She also served as Director of Entertainment and Programming at High Point Assisted Living and Memory Care with Spectrum Regional Communities in Denver. Cusick brings over six years of senior living, sales, and leadership experience to this position. Willow Brook Place is located at 5275 South Kipling Parkway, Littleton, Colorado. Protect your pets as bitter cold, light snow moves in. Denver Animal Protection reminds residents not providing proper shelter can mean fines and jail. Sub-zero cold weather is coming to Metro Denver with daytime highs in the teens this weekend and overnight lows dropping below zero early Monday morning. With pets in mind, Denver Animal Protection, DAP, reminds residents to shield them from the dangerous elements. Failure to do so can lead to a cruelty to animals or animal neglect charge up to a $999 fine and or a year in jail for the owner. The best way to protect pets from extreme temperatures is to avoid long-term outdoor exposure. But if pets must be outside for longer periods, Denver City Ordinance requires pets have adequate outdoor shelter, such as a doghouse, porch area, or a structure that allows the animal to escape the elements and keeps them dry. It should be large enough for pets to sit and lie down in, but small enough to retain their body heat. The entrance should also be covered with a flap of heavy waterproof fabric or heavy plastic. You could also further insulate your pet shelter by adding a doggy door to a garage. Other safety tips include provide extra food and water. Pets spending time outdoors in the winter use a lot of energy to stay warm. Provide a little extra food and regularly check your pet's water dish to be sure it is not frozen use plastic bowls instead of metal to prevent your pet's tongue from freezing to them. Don't leave dangerous and potentially lethal chemicals like snow melt or ice remover or antifreeze within your pet's reach. Temperatures can change quickly in the winter, especially when the sun sets. Ensure outdoor shelters have good insulation and clean dry bedding. Always keep pets on a leash, especially near frozen bodies of water. If a pet falls through the ice, don't go onto the ice to rescue them. If you can't reach your pet from shore, call 911 for help. For information about DAP's ordinances or additional pet safety tips, visit www.denveranimalshelter.org. If you see an animal that needs help, please call DAP at 720-913-2080. Experts warning for Colorado households over rat invasion as cold periods drive them into homes. Rats are predicted to plague Colorado homes in January as they seek shelter from freezing temperatures. Pest control experts at the Pest Dude have predicted the rodent activity in homes across Colorado is due to pick up following freezing temperatures over the past month, and as the first half of January is typically the coldest in the year. The increase in rat invasions is caused by the animals seeking warmer sheltered spaces, such as attics and basements, to escape the harsh temperatures of winter. Zachary Smith, owner of the Pest Dude, says rodents, above all other pests, are a public health concern. They can cause considerable damage to both residential and business premises. Not only can they damage the structures of both residential and business properties, but they can also significantly affect a business's reputation. As temperatures continue to drop, we're seeing an increase in service calls as rats continue looking for somewhere warm to spend the winter. While most of us may associate rats with sewers and holes in the ground, brown rats are very nimble climbers and can be found in attics and inside walls. He adds that homeowners should look out for nests, droppings, and gnaw marks. The animals will also shred attic insulation, cardboard, and other soft materials to make their nest. So how can Coloradoans avoid this impending invasion? Zachary Smith says, rather than appealing to their appetite, effective control methods involve understanding their natural tendencies and fears, such as their skepticism of new objects and environments, neophobia. This is why traps and bait stations may be ignored for long periods of time before a rat is brave enough to investigate them, and why placing droppings or leaving them empty for a week can increase their effectiveness. It is also why poison may take days or weeks to kill a rat, as they can learn from the deaths of their peers and avoid the same fate. The Pest Dude has provided these seven tips on how to prevent or deal with a rat invasion. One... Seal entry points to your home. Two, trim all trees at least three feet away from the roof line. Three, check your vents. Four, clean up debris piles. Five, clean up rats' favorite food, such as fruit. Six, introduce natural predators. Seven, try repellents or hazing. Denver allocates ARPA funds for local nonprofits. The Denver Agency for Human Rights and Community Partnerships, HRCP Division of Disability Rights is currently seeking proposals from nonprofit partners serving our Denver disability community that have been negatively impacted by COVID-19. The funding comes as a portion of Denver's American Rescue Plan Act (ARPA) allocation and includes $350,000 that could serve disability-oriented nonprofit organizations. The COVID-19 pandemic has had a negatively disproportionate impact on our disability community, resulting in those with disabilities in our community struggling to receive adequate physical and mental health care, transition services, appropriate educational supports, and employment opportunities, Mayor Michael B. Hancock said. The nonprofits that serve these residents play a vital role in providing necessary services and support to the disability community. This crucial funding will help those organizations still recovering to help our neighbors. To address the loss of these services and the impact that loss has had on the disability community, the Division of Disability Rights will make use of $350,000 awarded by the American Rescue Plan Act ARPA, to select several Denver nonprofits that value the independence and interdependency of people with disabilities and work to serve our disability community to close gaps created by COVID-19. Proposals will be accepted for grant requests up to $50,000. To be eligible, the disability-oriented nonprofit organization must focus their proposals on advocacy for people with disabilities, direct services and supports, and or assistive technology and training. The organization must also be in Denver or primarily serve Denver residents, as well as provide evidence that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused organizational financial handicap. For more information on this funding opportunity and for instructions on how to submit your proposal to our Division of Disability Rights, Please visit www.denvergov.org/hrcp and click on Funding Opportunities. Deadline for proposals is February 28, 2023. Apex Community Recreation Center, 13150 West 72nd Avenue, Arvada, Colorado. Eight zero 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 five. Telephone three zero three four two four two seven three nine or three zero three four zero three two five five zero. You can stay updated on all the latest offerings by visiting www.apexprd.org. The following activities are all hosted at the Community Recreation Center, 6842 Wadsworth Boulevard, Arvada, unless otherwise noted. Save the date, Super Bowl 52, and Cornhole event, Thursday, February 9, 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Join Apex Annual Active Adult Sponsors for a fun time playing cornhole and celebrating the 52nd Super Bowl. Prizes and refreshments are included. Save the date. Art show. Art for the young at heart. Show dates, February 13 through March 22. Community artists aged 50 plus and North Jefferson County Area School children collaborate on this wonderful annual art show. The opening reception is Wednesday, February 15 from 4 to 6 p.m. with awards at 5 p.m. Sponsored by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, Jeffco Public Schools, and the Crafty Seniors. 50 Plus Spelling Bee, Wednesday, March 30, 1 p.m. Exercise your mind. Compete with other spelling whizzes in the 50s Plus Spelling Bee, sponsored by the Apex Annual Active Adult Sponsors. Prizes and refreshments included. Contestants must be 50 or older and register by March 28. Arts and Crafts. Billiard Social, Monday, February 13, 6 p.m. Come play and socialize with others while receiving tips from an instructor. $12 resident, $14 non-resident. Fundamentals of Drawing. Wednesday, February 15 through March 8, 6.30 p.m. Learn the basics and develop a sense of composition and style. $65 resident, $78 dollars non resident Active adult trips. Tour of the town. Loveland, Thursday, February 16, 8.45 a.m. Start the day with brunch at the world-famous Johnson's Corner Restaurant. Following with a walk off the cinnamon rolls at the Benson Sculpture Garden and Loveland Museum. And ending the day browsing shops in downtown Loveland. $25 resident, $30 non-resident. Save the date, Boulder Dinner Theater, The Sound of Music. Thursday, May 4, 5 p.m. After 45 seasons, the BDT is closing its doors. The Sound of Music is the number one requested show at the Boulder Dinner Theater and the perfect way to say so long, farewell, Auf Wiedersehen, goodbye to a community treasure in the local theater scene. $90 resident, $95 non-resident. Rental Opportunities at the Center are you looking for an affordable space to hold a birthday party, retirement party, or celebration? The center offers small meeting rooms that are perfect for groups no more than 50, and the McCormick Hall is large enough to host up to 200 people. Call Michelle at 303-467-7197 for more information. Bemis Public Library. All events at Bemis Public Library, 6014 South de Tura Street. Littleton, Colorado, 80120, telephone 303-795-3961. Senior Social Club, every Thursday, 9.30 to 10.30 a.m., for ages 50 and up. During the library closure, this event will take place at Atlas Coffee, 6504 South Broadway, Littleton, Colorado, 80121. Stitch Circle, 2nd and 4th Thursday of the month, 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. Calling all knitters, crocheters, and embroiderers. Bring in projects you've been working on and meet with other makers in the community. During the library closure, this event will take place at Atlas Coffee, 6504 South Broadway, Littleton, Colorado, 80121. Board games at Bemis, February 10, 5 to 7 p.m. for all ages. Drop in for family-friendly board game night. Space is limited, so arrive early. Pizza and snacks will be served. Please note, possible relocation due to library closure. Updated information will be available on the library's calendar and in the weekly program emails. Concert, Jerry Schillinger. February 11, 1 to 2 p.m. for all ages. Guitarist Jerry Schellinger plays an eclectic blend of styles from across the eras. Please note, possible relocation due to library closure. Updated information will be available on the library calendar and in the weekly program emails. Card making, February 18, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. for ages 10 and up. Create unique cards and envelopes to add a touch of old-world charm to modern life. Registration required. Call 303-795-3961 to register starting January 20. This event will take place at Atlas Coffee, 6504 South Broadway, Littleton, Colorado, 80121. The History of Movies with Active Minds, February 27, 2-3 to p.m. for adults of all ages. At the turn of the 20th century, inventions by Thomas Edison and others introduced a new art form to the world, motion pictures. From the early era of Nickelodeons and silent films to the era of talkies and the growth of Hollywood, movies went from a mere fad to an industry. Now, with the introduction of streaming services like Netflix, films are evolving once again. Join Active Minds as we roll out the red carpet and tell the story of movies. For more information on this topic, visit the course outline at www.activeminds.com slash t-o-p-i-c-s movies.html Please note possible relocation due to library closure. Updated information will be available on the library's calendar and in the weekly program emails. Dungeons and Dragons, February 22, 5 to 7:30 p.m. for ages 10 and up. Roll the dice, join a group, and let your imagination soar with the popular tabletop role-playing game. Players of all experience levels are welcome. Pizza and snacks will be served. Registration required. Sign up starting January 26. Please note, possible relocation due to library closure. Updated information will be available on the library's calendar and in the weekly program emails. Bemis Book Clubs. Participate in an engaging book group to discuss thought-provoking books, Bemis Book Clubs are virtual events this month. Participants may attend via Zoom using the links in the library calendar or events. This time tomorrow by Emma Straub. On the eve of her 40th birthday, Alice's life isn't terrible, but when she wakes up the next morning, somehow back in her 16-year-old body, still armed with a new perspective in her life and family, is there anything that she should do differently this time around? Virtual Event. Evening book club in person or online, Wednesday, February 15, 6:30 to 7:30 p.m. for adults of all ages. There There by Tommy Orange. The big Oakland powwow draws people from across the country for many different reasons. Jackie Redfeather is newly sober and trying to make it back to the family she left behind in shame. Danny Oxendine is pulling his life back together after his uncle's death and has come to work at the powwow to honor his uncle's memory. Opal Viola Victoria Bear Shield has come to watch her nephew Orville, who has taught himself traditional Indian dance through YouTube videos and will perform in public for the very first time. There will be glorious communion and a spectacle of sacred tradition and pageantry and there will be sacrifice and heroism and loss. Virtual event. Library Speakers Consortium. Virtual Authors Talks. Join us for live stream discussions with best-selling authors. Visit www.libraryc.org/ B-E-M-I-S, for information on upcoming events and to watch previously recorded discussions with authors. Lana Harper, author of Black in a Spell, February 9, 5 to 6 p.m., for all ages. Join us for a magical evening with the New York Times best-selling author, Lana Harper, as she discusses the enchanting third installment of her immensely popular The Witches of Thistle Grove series, Black in a Spell. Registration required. Call 303-795-3961 to register. Grace M. Chow, author of Case Like War, February 16, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., for all ages. Grace M. Chow grew up as the daughter of a white American merchant marine and the Korean bar hostess he met abroad. They were one of few immigrants in a xenophobic small town during the Cold War where identity was politicized by everyday details, language, culture references, memories, and food. When Grace was 15, her dynamic mother experienced the onset of schizophrenia, a condition that would continue and evolve for the rest of her life. Join us for a virtual conversation chat with award-winning author Grace M. Chow as she discusses her memoir, Tastes Like War. Registration required. Call 303-795-3961 to register. Sadiqua Johnson, author of Yellow Wife, February 28, 2 to 3 p.m., for all ages. Sadiqua Johnson is the award-winning author of four novels, including Yellow Wife. Her accolades include the National Book Club Award, the Phyllis Wheatley Book Award, and the USA Best Book Award for Best Fiction. She is a Cambilio Fellow, former board member of the James River Writers, and a tall poppy writer. In her newest novel, The House of Eve, fifteen year old Ruby Pearsall is on track to becoming the first in her family to attend college, in spite of having a mother more interested in keeping a man than raising her daughter. But a taboo love affair threatens to pull her back down into the poverty and desperation that has been passed on to her like a birthright. Registration required. Call 303-795-3961 to register. Tech Programs. Technology help one-on-one, various dates and times for all ages. Sign up for a 45-minute individualized tech appointment with a librarian. Get help with anything from accessing ebooks and digital resources, assistance with Internet connectivity, video chatting, and more. During the library closure, all sessions will meet at the Starbucks on Windermere and Littleton Boulevard, 1510 West Littleton Boulevard, Littleton 80120. Registration is required. Please call the library at 303-795-3961 starting January 20. Transition to Libby February 16, 11:30 to 12:30 and February 23, 6:30 to 7:30 p.m. for all ages. Overdrive is now Libby. Learn how to access ebooks, e-audiobooks and e-magazines for free with your library card. In this class, you will learn how to set up an account, check out digital items, and read or listen to them. This class will be offered virtually. Registration required. Please call the library at 303-795-3961 starting January 20. Boulder Older Adult Services at www.boulderco. L-O-R-A-D-O dot G-O-V slash G-O-V-E-R-N-M-E-N-T slash D-E-P-A-R-T-M-E-N-T-S slash O-L-D-E-R dash A-D-U-L-T dash S-E-R-V-I-C-E-S. West Age Well Center, 909 Arapahoe Avenue, telephone 303-441-3148, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. East Age Well Center, 5660 Sioux Drive, telephone 303-413-7290, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. For more information about programs and services, visit www.boulderadultservices.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter at wwwb a-D-O dot G-O-V slash L-E-T-S dash A-G-E dash W-E-L-L dash N-E-W-S-L-E-T-T-E-R. Circle Talk Online, Tuesdays, February 7th through April four 2 to 3 p.m. Trained Circle Talk leaders use evocative prompts to create a safe, positive space for participants to share stories and discuss with others what has been most meaningful and what is important for the future. Active Minds, France, West Age Well Center, Wednesday, February 8, 1 to 2 p.m. Join Active Minds to explore the political and cultural history of France and its place within European and global concerns. Move with Ease, a series to introduce Felden Craze. East Age Well Center, Tuesdays, February 7 through 28, 2.30 to 4 p.m. Fees, resident $40, non-residents $50. The Felden Kray's method of somatic education helps participants learn to move with ease using slow, mindful movements to achieve powerful effects in terms of balance, flexibility, and coordination. Spark and Studio Arts Boulder Pottery Class, Westage Well Center, 2nd Tuesdays, February 14 and March 14, 1.30 to 3 p.m. Participants learn about the fundamentals of pottery to make functional and whimsical pieces. Spark programs are designed for individuals with neurodegenerative diseases, including dementia, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's, who are accompanied by their caregiver or partner. Understanding Alzheimer's and Dementia. West Age Well Center, Wednesday, February 15, 11 a.m. to noon. Alzheimer's is not normal aging. Join this program to learn more about Alzheimer's and Dementia. Studio Arts Pottery Class, West Age Well Center, Wednesday, February 15, 1.30 to 3 p.m. Participants will learn about the fundamentals of pottery to make functional and whimsical pieces. Nutrition and Stroke Prevention. Online, Thursday, February 16, 10 to 11 a.m. Join Tim O'Neill, registered dietitian and nutrition coach, to explore the strong link between nutrition, exercise, and stroke prevention. Experimental Techniques in Watercolor and Goucher. East Age Well Center, Thursdays, February 16 through March 23, 1 to 4 p.m. Fees $30 residents, $63 non resident. Learn a variety of experimental techniques in both watercolor and gauchy, including ink techniques, monoprinting, and using sand, dyes, gauze, plastic wrap, and fibers. BIFF short films and discussion. Online. Thursday, February 28, 1 to 2 p.m. Register for this program to discuss six short films from different parts of the world with a B.I.F.F. representative. Beginning Bridge, East Age Well Center, Wednesdays, March 1 through May 3, 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Fees, $55 resident, $69 non-resident, plus $10 material fee. This class is designed for the Beginning Bridge player. Neuro Pong table tennis West Age Well Center Thursdays 12:45 to 2:45 p.m. This program is designed for people living with neurodegenerative illnesses such as Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis and early stage dementia. Contact Antonio Barbara at 303-667-1735. Private dance lessons East or West Age Well Centers by appointment. Fee, $50 resident, $63 non-resident per hour. Dance lessons for individuals or couples may include waltz, swing, salsa, foxtrot, line dance, and more. Call 303-441-3012 for information and to register. Thornton Active Adult Center, 11181 Colorado Boulevard, Thornton, Colorado, 80233. Telephone 303-255-7850. Active Adult Wing at Trailwinds Recreation Center, 13495 Holly Street, Thornton, Colorado, 80233. Telephone 720-977-5777. CU Aging Lab Studies, age 55+. Number 431-431-A. Fees free. Thursday, April 25, 9.30 to 11 a.m. Active Adult Wing at Trailwinds Recreation Center. The Integrative Physiology of Aging Lab at CU Boulder studies the efficacy of lifestyle and pharmacological interventions for reversing the adverse changes in the blood vessel, physical and brain function with age. They are looking for participants to partake in any of their six NIH-funded clinical trials. Come learn about the studies and what participants will receive if they want to participate in the aging studies. Learn about jury service, ages 18+, plus. number 431-310-A, fees free. Wednesday, February 15, from 1 to 3 p.m., Active Adult Center, Learn more about the process from receiving your summons to some of the constitutional issues related to juries and interesting impacts of the pandemic. Is chocolate a health food? Ages 55+, plus. number 431-303-A. Fees, $5 resident, $7 non-resident. Wednesday, February eight, 1 to 2 p.m. Active Adult Center, Learn the nutritional benefits of our favorite treat and whether it can be healthier for you to enjoy. Presented by Laura Breezer Smith. Create a Canvas Collage, ages 18 plus, number 436271-A. Fees, $22 resident, $24 non-resident. Tuesday, February 7, 1 to 3 p.m. Active Adult Wing at Trail Winds Recreation Center. Explore your creative side and learn collage techniques on a six-by-six canvas frame using paper scraps, magazine picks, thread, ribbons, and miscellaneous supplies. Your artwork will be set with acrylic spray to take home. Wheat Ridge Active Adult Center, AAC, 6363 West 35th Avenue, Wheat Ridge, Colorado, 80033. Telephone, 303-205-7500. Please register where necessary. All events and classes are held at the AAC unless otherwise noted. If you would like to be mailed a copy of our Rooted in Fun guide, call 303-205-7500. For additional info on our programs, visit www.rooted.com. INFUN.COM Irene Castle's Chautauqua performance. Vernon and Irene Castle, the couple that made ragtime dancing not just socially acceptable, but downright fashionable. They took a dance from frowned upon by respected society and transformed it into a stylish hobby for rich and poor, and for the old and young. The castles enchanted the nation, a married couple who actually showed affection to one another in public. In the years before the silent film industry had taken hold, the castles laid the groundwork for public fascination with private romance. The program is presented by Susan Marie Frantzak. Lunch will be served prior to the performance on Friday, February 10th. Cost is $17. Register by calling 303-205-7500. Movie matinee. Enjoy the 1942 movie Casablanca on Thursday, February 23rd at 1 p.m. The movie is free, but pre-registration is required. Call 303-205-7500 to register. Bring $1 for pop and popcorn if you like. Bunko. Join in the fun on the first Thursday of each month. A light lunch is served before the game. It's easy to learn, so beginners are always welcome. Pre-registration is required. Cost is $8. Call 303-205-7500 to get registered. Intermediate Bridge Class. This 10-week class expands bridge players' knowledge of the standard American bidding system. Opening bids, responses, and rebids are reviewed and expanded upon. The concept of balancing and some conventions are covered. Classes run Thursdays beginning March 2nd. Cost is $55. Call 303-205-7500 to register. Trips. We have numerous outings planned for February. Stop by the AAC to pick up a copy of the trip guide. We also offer ski and snowshoe trips throughout the winter and weekly walking outings. Call 303-205. 2057500 to register or register online at c o m. special interest drop-in groups drop-in fees $4.50 paid for with an electronic enrichment pass train dominoes second mondays 1pm Silversmith Lab. Every Wednesday, 9 to noon. Book Talk. Thursday, February 23rd, 10 a.m. Book. Nothing more dangerous. Pastel Painting. Second Thursdays, 10 a.m. New. Mahjong. Call 303-205-7500 for more information. Fitness and Dance. While many of our dance and fitness classes have returned to in-person, some of our classes remain on Zoom. Registration is required for Zoom classes. Call 303-205-7500 to register. More information on all AAC activities offered are available in the printed Rooted in Fun Guide or online at www.rootedinf.com. UN.COM. You can also pick up a copy at the AAC or the Wheat Ridge Recreation Center. Active Adult Programs and Services. Living Well and Aging Well in Highlands Ranch. Cruise the World: Introduction to Cruise Vacations. February 6 from 10 to 11:30 a.m. at Douglas County Libraries at Highlands Ranch. Morning Coffee Chat. February 7, from 9 to 10.30 a.m. at Wild Blue Coffee Shop. Morning Coffee Chat, February 14, from 9 to 10.30 a.m. at Wild Blue Coffee Shop. Morning Coffee Chat, February 21, from 9 to 10.30 a.m. at Wild Blue Coffee Shop. Understanding Alzheimer's Disease and Dementia, February 24, from 1.30 to 3 p.m. at Douglas County Libraries at Highlands Ranch. Morning Coffee Chat, February 28 from 9 to 10:30 a.m. at Wild Blue Coffee Shop. For more information and to register for events, please visit www.highlandsranch.org/signmeup. Art for Anxiety. The Lakewood United Methodist Church, 1390 Brentwood Street in Lakewood, will feature Art for Anxiety, a place for you to use to help you process and reduce stress and anxiety. Think of it as your weekly creative mental fitness class, your Sunday afternoon self-care. You'll learn to find relief through fun, playful art projects. In each session, you'll be introduced to easy art activity that help release stress and anxiety. You can join Art for Anxiety at any time and take as many sessions as you wish. Every class is different and non-consecutive. Art for Anxiety is a way to incorporate creativity, fun, and healing into your life. You'll be able to take home your artwork and the beginnings of your own art journal. You'll be equipped to continue the creative practices you need to navigate your journey toward a more calm and balanced life. Sundays, january twenty ninth through March five. Start time of event one to three PM. Tickets at www.eventbrite.com slash E slash A R T dash F O R dash A N X I E T Y dash T I C k-e-t-s dash five zero two seven five eight seven five three nine six seven help someone you love apply for social security and more this valentine's day take time to remind your loved ones that social security helps people in all ages of life we provide easy and convenient ways to learn about and apply for benefits Using our online services, you can assist friends and family members to 1. apply for supplemental security income, check if the person you are helping qualifies for SSI, and also apply at www.ssa.gov/ssi. 2. apply for social security disability insurance benefits. When the unexpected happens and a loved one can no longer work due to a serious medical condition, our disability benefits can be a lifeline. Find out more at www.ssa.gov slash b-e-n-e-f-i-t-s slash d-i-s-a-b-i-l-i-t-y. 3. Create a personal My Social Security account. If your loved one is planning for retirement or interested in estimating their future benefits, they can create a free and secure My Social Security account at www.ssa.gov/myaccount and view their Social Security statement. Four, check the status of a pending application for benefits. Checking the status of an application is quick and easy with a personal My Social Security account. If you don't have an account, you can create one at www.ssa.gov slash myaccount. 5. Appeal a Decision for Benefits If someone you know was denied Social Security benefits or SSI, they can request an appeal. We provide information on how to appeal decisions for both medical and non-medical reasons at www.ssa.gov slash b-e-n-e-f-i-t-s d-i-s-a-b-i-l-i-t-y slash to discover more ways you can assist others, please visit www.ssa.gov T-H-I-R-D-P-A-R-T-Y. Weeds, botanical specimens, or environmental art? Is there really a difference? For the past few years, the Riverpoint Flower Ladies and their men's auxiliary have been creating unique little bouquets of flowers for residents to find by their door in the morning, 1,500 to 2,000 each year. When the supply of flowers from our garden dries up as summer fades to fall, the group transitions to the many kinds of dormant plants in the various habitats along the Platte River Trail and between the trail and the neighboring Littleton Golf Course. They collect anything from cattails and grasses to thistles and lumpy twigs. The group then creates a myriad of improbable beautiful displays in unusual vases, many recycled from year to year. Profits from the auction of fall plant creations are a mainstay to support the Riverpoint Bird and Garden Fund, which raised over $640 this year. The benefits of these efforts cannot be measured in dollars. New friends, broader appreciation of the little things in nature, finding new talent, and just being outdoors or with neighbors are all positive benefits. And did you know the Riverpoint Quilters created six quilts in three months and raised over $6,000 sent directly to major nonprofits on the ground in Ukraine, some of which include Doctors Without Borders, World Kitchen, United Nations International Children's Fund, and a children's hospital. These efforts aren't just about making money or pretty things or donations to charities, all nice to be sure. The intangibles may be equally valuable. The look of awe on the worn face of someone who just made something beautiful, perhaps for the first time. Some of limited mobility, sorting scraps of cloth for a still-to-be-designed quilt. It's these kinds of opportunities that make Riverpoint our community, our home, our family. Written by Riverpoint resident Robert Harmy. Riverpoint, 10th floor, representative, resident council secretary, president, men's auxiliary group. Thank you for joining us for the month of February 2023 reading of the Primetime News. I have been your podcast host, Philip Nielsen.